Blue Shirts fans. And Madison Street Maniacs. For the last time in 2023, welcome back to the Worst Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Breezy, with my co-host, Nick. Nick, say hi. Hello. Good so, morning. man. So, so, we have reached the end of the year. We, I think, have had a, uh, at least for us, right, record-setting year. The best year we've ever had. This is our first year, but the uh, best <laughs> hey, year we've ever with house had. Money, it's fine. We're playing yeah. with house money. That's all this is. Um, I think that we need to kind of set this off by saying thank you, right? Thank you for ev- everybody who's here and everybody that's listening. I want to say thank you to the New York Rangers for giving me more happiness than heartache this year so far. I would like to thank them for that. And I would also like to thank you for being here with me, buddy. <laughs> Quiet music starts playing and you know, we lock eyes and I say thank you. And then we kiss. I and we also what, 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 say thank you. I also say thank you. No, for real, man. Like this this year has been a lot of fun. And, you know, you know, obviously thank you to everyone who's been listening. Also thank you to Austria, who's been kind of like our biggest fan base, which is wild. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um but no, man, and and real and for real though, like a you know, thank you for bringing me on. Um, I know, like everyone knows, like this started off as supposed to be just like a once a month thing where I come in and just talk about the Blackhawks for twenty minutes, and you continue on about the Rangers, and and that's it. And then we had this the idea of just talking about everything related to hockey and and the bright side is is our sport is is forever growing so there's there's just endless things to talk about so um you know also i want to give a shout out to to your wife who kind of put the plan in motion to change the name and to really make it like uh kind of inclusive to what you and i want to do because you know we may talk about the rangers and the blackhawks very heavily but we're still a very general oriented I guess you could say um, hockey podcast. And, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I just, you know, I'm very thankful for you as, as not only as my co-host, but as my, you know, as, as my family. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what the future holds for us. Um, yeah. We were playing with house money this year. Now this in 2024, it's time to time to kick it up and give you guys more content and give you guys more, um, just more of our beautiful ugly faces uh make sure you keep an eye out on the social medias uh at the worst hockey podcast on instagram um yeah just keep an eye on the socials we're gonna try to come back which come at you guys with with more content more um kind of bonus things we might even try to flirt around with some video recorded episodes Might possibly, maybe. Might, Who knows? May possibly, maybe, kind of. Yeah, no, it's just crazy, man, because it's like, I felt the same way, like, about music and, and just about everything in life. It's like, if people give a fuck, I'll keep doing it. If you build, <laughs> like, it will come. Like, if they keep coming back to listen, which to me, with all the great podcasts that there are, that exist right now, yeah, just about the NHL, I, I would say that you have a lot of options, and then to come back here every week, especially with these longer episodes too you know hour hour and a half that's that's a huge commitment i know a lot probably a lot of people listen when they're driving that's when i listen to all my podcasts that's and when shit. i listen to so, my podcast and my books yeah so it's just it's nice that people come back it's nice to to have an okay. audience that wants to hear us 
also we need to give a big big thank you to sports social um they really took a chance on us being a kind of like for lack of a better phrase a brand new podcast from the states and they took us under their belt put us on their team and uh you know a big thank you to 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 them for taking a chance on us and if you guys are listening you know we're, we're going to try and make you proud yeah it's like we signed our entry level deal right and it's like okay well now we got to we we got to show them what we're made of right we got to prove it we got to earn the extension exactly for sure um so thank you everyone appreciate listening we appreciate that you keep coming back literally week after week and we're going to continue to do what we do moving into 24 and we're just going to continue doing a lot more that's the only thing that's going to change yep um so breeze real quick i just want to given that uh, that's the end of the year this is kind of more of like a reflection episode for us um talk about you know, give me, here's what I want you to do, man. Give me three things. If you can, if you can narrow it down to that, give me three things that you're super proud of that happened this year. In the national hockey league or in my life in, in life and, and in the national hockey league, if you want to tie it there, if you want to tie it to hockey, cool. But I, I want to talk about kind of our lives and give our listeners a little bit of uh introspective to our lives and what we do outside of just this every every week kind of talking to each other um i that's I, I got three for each <laughs> i got three for each i'll do three for each um the first okay. was making the jump in my career to get to where i am right now um i work for a nonprofit, and it is for homeless youth and i think that it was a scary jump to make and no matter what happens in the future i feel like this is a stepping stone for me in the right direction and again i've, I've always been passionate about about this about this organization and, and these things that they do. So I feel like I can contribute in a way that's meaningful on a daily basis. So that's one thing. And this is no particular order, by the way. This is just the last one is probably obviously number one, but these other ones are not. I don't know um, it's not like a particular order to me, but whatever. Sounds like you need to shut up. Anyway. Like make um, me. um no. Um I think that the powerlifting jump that I took this year, starting it, getting on with you um getting accepted into our team becoming a part of uh, i think right what's that i say you did start this year right yeah uh uh-huh i started this year started in 2022 no bro damn so um joining this team and not just becoming a guy that shows up at the gym to do his thing again i'm not like trying to blow myself up but i think i became a, a big part of this team in a meaningful way not because of the training and not because of the skill that I bring, but I think because of just who I am, I think that I, I became a part of this team. And, and I'm like I said, it's just a family now. And it, it would be hard to see any one of us on our team not be there anymore. It wouldn't feel the same, right? It would be a different team in general. So becoming a part of this, this powerlifting team and, and part of this family, it feels right. And I'm happy about that. I Like I said, I put in the work this year. I'm far from where I want to be. And if it wasn't for you and John and the rest of our team, I wouldn't be where I am right now. But again, every day I have to make the choice to get up and come. Every day I have to make the choice to bounce back from when I don't perform the way that I want to. And the men- the, the mental game that you have to play and the mental gymnastics that you have to play to be a power lifter, it's, you know, it's peaks and valleys, bro. So yeah. to come back and, and want to do this every week, and not only that, to be excited for what the potential is. It's kind of like this podcast, right? It's mm-hmm. 
it is the the reason why we do it is because we want to get better. And same with this podcast. We do it because we love it. So I think that that's number two. And not saying the podcast, obviously, because we, they already know that I'm thankful for it. Obviously, the biggest life event for me was my son being born. So that literally has changed my life in ways that I never thought possible. I love in a way that I never thought was capable. And, you know, I just all around feel like just better every day. I feel like it it is something that every it's a cliche thing, but every parent says the same thing. It's like you don't know what it's like to have a kid till you have a kid, then you have a kid and you know. I feel the same way now. You know, I didn't realize my my heart could love something so much. So that that's the personal stuff. If we want to talk about the National Hockey League, specifically the Rangers, I would say three things that I'm thankful for is one, our defense. Jesus Christ, the Rangers defense is just absolutely insane. Number two, I would say I'm thankful for my goalies because even though Igor had a small little tiff there where he needed to, you know, figure some things out, I think he got injured, came back, and wasn't the same for a minute. He's looking like Igor Shesterkin. Jonathan Quick is looking like Jonathan Quick of 2014. And the number one thing that I'm thankful for is that my fucking team is just performing the way that I know that they always could have, at least for the last, you know, five seasons. So I wake up every single day. In my life, I'm grateful. And then come to the podcast, and I'm grateful. And then when I sit down and watch hockey, I'm grateful. It's like this has probably been all around one of the best years of my life. That's fucking awesome, dude. I love hearing that. I love hearing kind of your story. Um, You know, you and I have known each other since, fuck, what, 2012, 2014? Somewhere around there. Long time. Huh? What did you say? I say long time. Oh, long time. Um, no, nah, dude, like, like I said, we've, we've known each other for a while. We didn't really start connecting until maybe about two years ago. Cause we've always been in the same circle. You know, our bands have always played shows together. We were always, you know, talking about music every now and then on Facebook. But I mean, that was pretty much it. It wasn't really until like, I would say maybe like two years ago, a year ago, maybe that we really connected and kind of formed that, that that real tight, strong friendship. And and for that, I'll forever be grateful because you're one of the most solid dudes in my life. And, and I couldn't, I, I, I just, I, I don't think I'd be the man that I am today. If I didn't also have you by my side, kind of going through this crazy whirlwind of life with me. Um, and I know that sounds like real sappy, uh, you know, but you know, I keep my, I keep my circle pretty, pretty closed knit and closed off. Um, just, I've had a lot of animosity in my life that, that has led to, um, you know, people just kind of like dipping out. Right. And, uh, I kind of keep the ones that I, I consider the most solid kind of close to my vest. And, uh, you know, I'm, ha- I'm, you know, I'm happy to say that you, you were hundred percent of one of them. Uh, my consigliere, my right hand. Um, but you know, I want to, I want to touch on, I, <laughs> I really don't have many things to talk about as far as like the NHL. Um, but you know, at least for my, my three personal, personal favorites is, uh, kind of along the same lines as yours, to be honest with you, that uh, when you were breaking down your three, I was like, Oh fuck, mine's kind of like right there. Um, in April of this year, I made the transition from my work. So if those don't know, I work at a law firm here in Las Vegas. Um, 
for one, I never thought I would ever step into the legal field. Um, I was kind of gifted this opportunity and I just made the most of it that I could and uh, just kind of show the people that I show the people that that I work for and I work with that I'm not just some heavily tattooed loud mouth coming off the street thinking I know more than everybody. I I was able to like really kind of like sit down, shut up and and open my ears and close my mouth, which is if anyone that actually knows me is a very, very hard feat for me to do. Um, but in uh, April of this year, I made the transition and I transferred departments. And now I'm in what's called the dispersal department, which basically, for lack of a better phrase, and to not bore everybody, I am the last person that you would deal with when it came to your case. I'm the one handing over checks, um, whether it be to medical providers, health insurances, um, other law firms that need referral fees, or to you as a client. Um, I've really hit my stride as far as being um, in the dispersal department and and now finally starting to get kind of recognized for it. And to me, that's kind of one of my, my biggest achievements um, is to be kind of just known as someone who can be in the professional setting. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very thankful for that. I'm very thankful for Bighorn Law to give me that that kind of that push and that guidance that I needed to get me to where I am. Um, it's only, only up from here. Um, number two, it's for sure gotta be taking that stride and making and, 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 and kind of getting re serious again in powerlifting. Um, you know, I'm very thankful for this team. I'm very thankful for everybody that's on it. I'm very thankful that, that there is no ego, that your ego gets left at your car door. Um, I really, I really, really love that. It doesn't matter what weights on the bar, who's pulling. Everyone's there as if they're pulling a thousand, as if they're deadlifting a thousand pounds, benching a thousand pounds. It doesn't matter. Everyone's locked in and focused. Um, you know, I hit a very big milestone in the beginning of December. It was the first time I ever pulled over. I, I, first time I ever deadlifted over six hundred pounds. Um, and just the overwhelming support that I got from every single person on the team that was at that meet. Um, and, and even the people that weren't on our team who were just, you know, other people lifting, um, you know, the overwhelming support that I got from everybody was just, was unreal. Um, uh, not ashamed to admit that I cried multiple times <laughs> because it's been a long time coming to try to, to break that 600 pound barrier. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what, what the team does, what I do in, uh, 2024. Cause we have a, a, a solid roster of meets that are coming up um uh, for us this year um both in las vegas and outside of las vegas so I'm, I'm pretty excited for that um my third one and and to be honest with you it's it's not so much of like well of course i'm thankful for it but also it's just been amazing to to witness and it's um just seeing my son grow up and and kind of just forming into more of a person with every day going by you know he's learning bits and pieces of sign language um, that my wife has been teaching him. So that way, you know, we all can communicate before he starts learning how to speak. And, you know, it's really just really cool to see, you know, he, he doesn't need that 100% around the clock care. I can set him up in his little bluey chair while I'm working. And, uh, you know, he can eat his snacks and watch his movies. And I, and it's just amazing. Like I'll just look over and the dude is locked in on cars. And it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, damn, I didn't think I was going to live past 18. And here I am at 26 with a beautiful family 
with with uh you know just everyone in my life that i'm so so very thankful for and and i'm just like damn i'd have been dead for eight years and i'm so fucking happy i'm not yeah man you know, I joke around and be like, fucking take me out, dude. I'm fucking tired. You know, like, you know, Bailey and I will joke around and she'll be like, man, I'll kill you. And I'm like, not if I kill myself first. And, you know, it's I, I have I have diagnosed depression and anxiety and I have zero therapy behind it. <laughs> so my coping skills are just dark humor and and in hopes that people don't put me on a 72 hour grippy sock vacation. Yeah, it's um, fucking Raw dog in life. Raw dog in life, man. Unmedicated and untherapisted. Did, did. And, uh, you know, I want to throw an honorable mention on there just because I really don't have much to talk about as far as hockey except for our Lord and Savior, Connor Bedard. Um, starting January 8th, if everything goes according to plan, I will be a college student at Bryan University um, studying exercise science and uh, sports, new, uh, sports medicine. There you go. You picked up by a college team and then you can get your entry level deal. Never <laughs> playing hockey before. I just I wish that it was an actual you know, I wish it was an actual uh college that had sports, but this is just solely career based college, so there's no sports. Then you're guaranteed gonna make their fucking hockey team then. There's no competition. <laughs> For sure. I'll I'll be the, the, the I, I can actually live out my dreams of being a quarterback too, because I'm pretty sure they don't have a football team either. <laughs> well, and to wrap up with all the things that you said, it's um hard to find people that are like-minded that have the same goals as you that understand the life that you have. Right. Um, I, you can't always be available, but you always have to be available. Does that make sense? Like you can't yeah. always be available to do things cause you have priorities, but you're always available to lend a, an ear or a shoulder. Right. Yep. And that's, I think what makes our friendship so good is that we understand where each other are in our lives, that we have family and at the same time that, you know, sometimes you need each other, just even just to talk about stuff. So again, I, I appreciate you just as much as you appreciate me. Look, I look, I always look at it this way. You know, I may never be always there to be like, Hey man, like, you know, let's go hang out. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. You know, it's hard for me to be able to do that given work schedule, training schedule, family schedule. <laughs> it's hard for me to do that. But you know, if, if you ever text me or if someone ever texts me like, dude, I'm going through a hard time. I, I'm not texting you back. I'm immediately calling you or I'm FaceTiming you. And we're going to hash this out until you feel even a little bit better. Um, I always live by the the mentality of I'd rather hear your problems, not your eulogy. And so I, I, I ever since I heard that, it, it's always resonated with me. And I'm always like, yeah, I will sit on the phone with you for three fucking hours if I need to. Um you know, and and I'm thankful that I have a, you know, my my wife is is very like minded. So you know, if I'm sitting there and be like, hey, like I need to, you know, I need to be on the phone with Breezy because he's having a rough day, and you know, even if you and I don't talk, even if it's just like, you know, we're on the phone and whatever little fucking thought comes out of our head, and you know, I'm right there to be like, oh yeah, no, yeah, and then it's just like as if we're sitting next to each other just vibing out. And every now and then we'll just pipe up with one liners or here or there. You know, it doesn't matter because you know that you have that person there who's who's going to who's willing to talk to you. Right. And, and so, yeah, I have no problem just sitting on a damn phone for two hours with listening to you, you breathing. You know what I mean? And, so, yeah. In closing, we're we're grateful for this podcast. We're grateful for our lives. We're grateful for our families, we're grateful for each other. 
our wives and all of you guys for listening. Honestly, it's it's that simple. I uh, couldn't have said it better. Now, you know what else I'm grateful for is this past week of hockey. So, um, <laughs> that was an awful segue. <laughs> they, you know, also, yeah, fucking, I almost didn't make it this far in life. I almost ended it all. Anyway, let's talk about Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> Speaking about ending it all, Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> um, I think before we get into that, though, I would I would just do a slight mini update. I I I it's every year this happens every year, bro. World Juniors comes around. I'm all excited. I get into it, the mix, watch every game first day, and then it slowly tapers off. And, you know, because life and then other games happen and you just can't sit down and watch, you know, seven day hockey tournament. But if I well, may. The bright inter- side is, is that there's hockey every day. So even if your yeah. team isn't playing, there's the World Juniors are on. So this is a great, great and hard time of the year every year. So I will say that lighting it up is. Rangers prospect uh, Gabe Perot, he's doing he's doing well, playing for Team USA, and then another prospect Adam Sakura is playing for Slovakia, and he's actually the captain for Slovakia, so that's pretty cool. And if you if you want to watch a, a really good game, um, they're both undefeated, Slovakia and USA, and they play tomorrow. One thing I'll add about these World Juniors. And usually, up until this point, the kids that make it to the juniors are the kids that shine, are the kids that are a little bit better, obviously. That's why they're there. They get the invite. But I will say that, dude, when you watch these games, obviously the physicality is not there because they're not playing in that caliber of a league. But I'll say this, bro. These kids in the juniors, they fucking they, their passing is tape to tape, bro. It is there is sure. no better fucking passing that you see in hockey, better than the AHL, and eighty percent of the time better than like a full sixty minute game in the NHL. I mean, just the tape to tape. These kids obviously are trying to make a name for themselves. They take a lot of shots that they probably shouldn't take, especially if they get in the slot they're shooting, no matter what. But other than that, it's very impressive how fast they are and how good their passing is. Honestly. Yeah, um, you know, this actually goes back to what you and I had talked about a while ago um, when we were talking about, like, kind of the coming from the AHL to the NHL or if you come straight from college to the NHL and we were talking about Bedard, right? Because obviously he's not old enough to play in the uh, in the AHL, so he went straight from, you know, the Regina Pats to... Um, to the Blackhawks, you know, he he played and then also from the World Junior Classic as well, by the way. Um, you know, he he didn't have those bad habits that usually kind of get bred in the AHL or the the slow habits, for lack of a better phrase. Whereas, you know, everything because, you know, you watch an NHL game and you immediately watch an AHL game. It's like watching AHL is almost like you know, in a sense, and don't take this as me ripping the AHL, but it almost kind of looks like a beer league game, you know, where it's like everything's kind of slower and slow paced. You know, you have those fast paced movements every now and then, depending on who the AHL team is. Um, you know, if it's comprised of, you know, a lot of NHLers, if it's comprised of a lot of a lot of just young guys who are trying to make a name for themselves and trying to get that little feel good call up. But, um, you know, he's... Uh, you know, a, a lot of these kids that are playing in the, and we say kids as if we're, you know, not eight years, off, eight to 10 years off of them. 
while they're playing professional hockey, we're sitting here talking about them playing professional hockey. <laughs> well, if we were in the NHL, right, we'd be journeymen for sure. Oh, for sure, man. I'd be that fourth liner that maybe has like three goals a year. And every goal is just some lucky bounce that just they're all own goals. They're like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be a locker hype man. Probably I'd be like a Reeves without all the physicality. In the, just like, I'd be a, I'd be a, <laughs> I'd be a glizzy champion on the team for sure. <laughs> I'd be a Phil Kessel for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Minus the Iron Man, because everything hurts when I wake up. <laughs> but <laughs> absolutely. Um, to your but, point, uh, to your point, dude. I'll just just to hop in real quick. You're right. Yeah. It's we've said this a few times now, at least once. I would say, not having to lose those bad habits. Again, if you see any inklings of of good, they usually get pulled up pretty quick from the HL and never go down if they're really that good. Also, too, you're going to have to get used to um, junior prospects or just prospects in general coming up and then making the league because the talent is just progressing so much faster. You could never pull up a quote-unquote Connor Bedard five, six years ago and him come up and do what he's doing. But I would say that a lot of the talent is in the same caliber as Connor Bedard. Now, is there all 18-year-olds going to come up and do what he does? Absolutely not. But there are a lot of kids that he played with. There are a lot of kids that are close to the same caliber as him and i really think that the league is going to get even younger and younger i know that there's 20 year olds 21 year olds and we talk about it all the time but the expectation now is going to be these prospects coming in at 18 20 21 and being good because that's what the league needs and that's what other prospects and entry entry year deal guys are doing already so you're going to see a major shift now of that median age of every team is going to be just younger until everybody grows up, right? It's going to be young kids on every team. Every team's going to have young lines and the veterans are going to get phased out. I mean, we're, they, they, they're talking about it. They're talking about it all the time. The commercials are like, you know, we're in the golden age of hockey. I don't disagree with that. It's a lot of no. the older guys. You got Ovi and Sid and yep. Patty Kane and all these guys, Jonathan Quick, all these guys from old times, fucking Mark Andre Fleury, they're going to be like gone one, soon. Maybe three years, one to three years left on the on their hockey lives. Like they're almost gone. Yeah, the the, the hockey that you knew growing up. I mean, Hen- Henrik Lundqvist hasn't been in the league now for like two, three seasons. Like right. the hockey that you grew up with is gone, and a much faster, more skilled hockey is on the horizon. And that's just what everyone needs to accept and understand. That's just how it's going to go moving forward. Right, and. Uh... It's just you know it's 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 bittersweet to see, right? So you always want to see your your sport evolve and and kind of break barriers and and all that, right? Like you know as fast like let's put it this way. The the Blackhawks median age or I'm sorry, not median, not stupid. Uh the Blackhawks average age is 22 years old. You know, it's they're just a comprised of a lot of young guys, a couple of veterans here and there, but you know, just a lot of young guys and and, you know, look at Connor Bedard. He outskates his entire team, cherry picks on that blue line, but there's no one on that team that can, like, keep up with him with the exception of, like, maybe Lucas Reichel, but he's playing on the fourth line. And, um, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like you're kind of seeing the, the league that we grew up with, right? The league that shaped us as hockey fans being... In in a sense, in lack of a better phrase, phased out, like exactly what you said. And it's super, it's almost, it's really sad to see. It really is. But, you know, looking at the World Juniors and and seeing kind of like the future of the NHL getting ready to, to make its break, 
you know, the Blackhawks have have six fucking six prospects in the World Juniors right now. And and they're every single one of them is lighting it the fuck up. And it's really fucking cool to see. That's like you're looking at and be like, man, you know, Adam Adam Gajan is like, damn, you're gonna be like the future number one goalie in a couple years. You know, you look at Frank Nazar, damn, you're gonna be a first liner your first year in the in, in, in the league. Like I know it. Like you're gonna be a fucking first liner hanging with Bedard and Kershaw. <laughs> like you know I, uh, Yeah. I think your parents and your grandparents' hockey's over. That that so that version of hockey is is done. But a new new version of hockey is now us thirty, you know, thirty to forty year old, twenty five to forty two year old next version hey. of hockey, it's ours now. It's our our hockey. Like thirty to forty, like sir, I'm twenty six. Don't let That's me in there. I said like twenty five to forty. The, yeah, this you had generation. To, you had to fix your words. <laughs> I had to redact. I had to redact. But um, yeah, the new, the new, the golden age is here. Okay, I'm gonna use that only one more time because I don't think it's the best <laughs> the golden age. I guess it's okay, but so it'd be better if the golden knights weren't a team. Like. It, <laughs> Like no but, no no like yeah. okay let me <laughs> that sounds like a cheap shot at nights at the nights but no 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 like, no no, no there's, like, there's nothing else to your statement that's just all you wanted to say you're just like hey you'd be better in life if gold knights didn't exist anyway <laughs> moving on Chicago New York uh... <laughs> yeah you know what can we just bring it back to the original six because I feel like we'd have a, like a better mental state if we brought it back to the original six league reset let's go league reset you know y'all can have your own fucking leagues we'll call it the the an, an NHL expansion. And all the teams that got added on post nineteen sixty seven get their own league. <laughs> NHL NHL Plus only you only get the original six, but you have to pay for NHL Plus to see all the other teams play. <laughs> you know, we we better hope Batman never hears this because I feel oh, like no. that's some bullshit he'd fucking try to do. He's like money, your money. <laughs> Little do they know all of the illegal streaming services that us actual hockey fans know. <laughs> Literally, bro. You do, you go on the fucking fantasy hockey chat. Like, hey, I'm trying to watch the game tonight. I, I don't have the way to watch it. It's like, hey, I got you six links. Yeah, right. Six links just fly up. I got you, bro. Watch this one. You just got to like bounce out of like 15 ads and then hope that your connection is stable enough. Like You can yeah. only watch that on Wi-Fi. And, 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 oh, and if you get that feed, you better not click off it. No, stay on that feed. You can't even might not get it back, screen, bro. Like, <laughs> if you touch your fucking screen, that's game over. You now have to repeat the process and then give the blood of your firstborn. Yep, and you only got one, so it's not worth it right now. No, I no, went to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm right there. Like, once we have a, a spare part kid, then we'll be okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In Minecraft. 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 No, dude, um, but like, um, you know exactly what you said. Where it's kind of like one of those things. You know, I try to watch every World Junior game, and then of course they're on during work, and it's hard for me to like really focus and be able to watch and and to be a quote unquote journalist like we are, where we technically are, you know, in the media game, right? With this podcast, um, you know, it's just hard for me to like sit down and be able to watch all the games. I'll try to catch as many as I absolutely possibly can, but you know, it's just hard hard to catch games. Um, you know, so I rely a lot on um after game reports and stuff like that and, and hockey stats and um, hockey reference.com and shit. So, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to really kind of give my, my opinion other than the six Blackhawks prospects that are playing right now and, and who are, who are absolutely, like I said, lighting it up. 
in the World Juniors that just gives me so much hope for the next like four or five years. <laughs> uh, in closing, kids are good and watch if you can. In Golden Age. In Golden Age. Kids, but it'd be kids better are without good. the Knights. Kids are good. Watch if you can. Better without the Knights. Golden Age. So I would like to shift into this week and realistically this month. I already did the year for the Rangers, but I just looked at it and I told you before we started this this podcast episode today. I was like, the Rangers went 10-3 and three in December. And honestly, Shut up. honestly, it's not surprising to me seeing how they played this year. But I, to look, see it on paper, bro, it, the Rangers have had the best start they've ever had in Rangers history. The Rangers have the most wins in the league right now as it stands. And it is, it is absolutely insane to me that we can let's just say get dumpstered by Toronto and then the next time we immediately see them have changed so much because we were so off during that game that we dumpster them right back right and then the two games that we lost were one game against it was one game against the Oilers that we played really bad but we came back and lost by one which i said if you're going to lose make it close or lose in overtime yeah and cheap point yeah same thing with the Panthers, although the, I will give the credit to the Panthers. They played really well yesterday. Defensively, on all the power plays, they kind of boxed us out. But, again, we only lost by one. It's not like, besides the Toronto game that we literally got blown out 7-3, but we also returned fire the next time we saw them with a 5-2 win. So, the Rangers, especially this last week, we saw a win against Buffalo and a win against the Capitals. The win against Buffalo was... Uh, by one goal in overtime. So it was a close game. I would expect nothing less from Buffalo, who has a young team that can and will turn it on if they find their groove. So I expect nothing less because Buffalo used to be the worst New York team by far. And that's not the case anymore. Not in today's hockey. And then, you know, a blowout win against the Capitals that they have a hard nosed hockey team, but with an aging Ovechkin, right? It's what, what can happen? What can happen? Because I think that the the Capitals win games on on sheer brute force, and it wasn't going to work against the Rangers. So this last week, this last month, has been just, like I said, upset after upset. A a dominant win against the Ducks, a dominant win against the Kings for Jonathan Quick. I think think we did lose one other game. I think we lost to the Capitals last time we've seen them. I don't know if that was this month, but we were shut out by them. But to Bradley back at what what is almost the halfway point in the season and to be able to do the things that we continue to do is right now, not surprising to me, but also it's surprising to me that it's not surprising if that makes sense. Right? No. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, you always want to have those bounce back games and I'm going to just, uh, I'm, well, that was such like a fucking shit way to end it. But like, yeah, you always want to have those bounce back games. You always want to have those revenge games, right? And and to me, that shows the most resilience in a team is of like, okay, you know, we got, you know, pumped by this team 7-1, right? Or 5 nothing shutout or whatever, right? Well, okay, well, we got them in a week. You know, that's kind of a game that you circle on your calendar and be like, motherfuckers, you ain't fucking getting this one. They ain't fucking, like, I will, I'll, I'll sacrifice my goddamn face and all of my fucking teeth. You're not you're not winning this game. So it's kind of like a game that you circle on on um on the calendar for sure. Um and it's definitely, you know, it's definitely one that you're kind of paying a little bit more attention to. 
And then you'll actually see the team skating with a little bit more purpose, where it's just like I'm not gonna lose. We're not gonna lose to you two times in a week in in a month. You know, it's not fucking happening. We're not gonna. We're gonna make sure that that shit doesn't happen. Um, you know the the Hawks kind of had. You know, here's the here's the cool part. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, here's the cool part about having like you and I on the same podcast as fans of opposite teams, where your team is kind of showing why you belong in the playoffs, why you belong in the Stanley Cup um, contention conversation. And you have a fan like me who whose team is going through the most painful rebuild I've ever seen in my entire life. However, given that the uh, the the free agency market coming up at the end of the year, the the deadline uh, and the draft, and what I think Kyle Davidson is going to be doing might turn this into a rebuild, turn this from a rebuild to a retool. So it'd be really interesting to see that. But, you know, the Blackhawks had a kind of a rough December, a um, lot of injuries, a lot of hits to our core players. Um, fucking uh, Seth Jones still out with an upper body injury. Um, uh, Taylor Radish played last night against Dallas. I think he maybe logged about five minutes of ice time and then came out in either the first or the second period and didn't return. Um, a lot of injury bugs this year for, especially this month for the Hawks, um, ended out the month four, eight and two, um, kind of better than I had anticipated. If I'm being totally honest, um, definitely, like I said, not, not world beaters because you're still rebuilding. Um, but definitely better than I had anticipated. Um, so you walk away in the month with 10 points, um, a couple of really good showings. As far as like goaltending, a couple of really rough showings as far as goaltending, especially with with Soderblom. And for whatever reason, he's just just not not the guy, not not what anyone, either a fan base or front office employee thought that that Soderblom was going to be this year. It's just it's not not happening. Um, I understand that the point of this year is to not really give a shit about winning games. But, you know, as a fan of any team, you want to see your team win. Right. Because if you are like me, or if you were like Breezy, the your mental stability is dependent of a handful of guys who've never met, who don't even know that you exist, and how well they play at a game. That's your mental stability marker. Um, and especially if you're a fan like me, who is a fan of multiple sports, where year-round you have sports going on, whether it be football, hockey, basketball, baseball. For me, it's football, hockey, and baseball. So I have sports going on year-round, and two... Uh, no, I'm sorry. All three of my teams have iffy futures right now. <laughs> and so life is pain, existence is hell. Um, but... Oh, I yeah, I will ahead. interject real quick and say Igor Shosturkin has kept me out of the, the darkness of the bellows of my mind uh-huh. more times than he'll ever know. And Chris Kreider has ruined more days of my life than he'll ever even realize, and I'll never meet either of them. It'd be cool if I do, but like I said, you're absolutely fucking right about that. Nail on the head. Yeah. You know, people joke or it's just like, you know, oh, like why is your mental, why, why is your mood dependent on a game? Because that's what all I've known. I mean, I've grown up playing sports. Like, I, I, literally, my wife gives me shit because I've, I've, I never really watched cartoons growing up. I've only ever been playing sports. 
baseball was my sport, right? So I was playing year round fall ball, little league, travel ball, which literally falls. I think I maybe had collectively three weeks off from playing a game. And so, of course, what happens when your your aspirations are to be a professional baseball player? You start watching professional baseball, right? You know, same thing goes for hockey, same thing goes for football, basketball, whatever pro sport that has little league games, right? So, like, I grew up watching, you know, the Cubs, and the Cubs were awful, and it always, and then ever since, you know, ever since then, my mental stability and my mood has always been depicted on on how these guys play a game that I played when I was a kid, and... You know, the same thing would you say was like Igor brought you out of a lot of mental spots because, you know, that's how you are as a fan. Connor Bedard brings me out of a lot of mental start spots because I that's how I am as a fan. You know, it's like if I'm having like a shit day at work or whatever, but Connor Bedard has a four point night, suddenly that shit day at work doesn't really mean anything anymore because I got to watch the future. The one, the NHL and two, the Blackhawks light it the fuck up like he's playing against fucking fifth graders, you know, um. One of my fucking favorite things to that I've been seeing forever, and I say forever, it's been two days, but the overtime winner that Bedard had against Winnipeg was just absolutely disgusting, and I don't know if you watched it. I know you probably did if because I've probably sent you oh, about yeah. different fucking videos about it and posted it on my Instagram story, but, you know, it's just he's skating down center ice. There's It's a two on three in favor of Winnipeg and he skates down splits the D the first of all let me ask you this because I've I'm just sitting here watching it like did you really not what are you doing here right so Winnipeg had three skaters the Hawks had two skaters right and and even that second skater that the Hawks had I believe was Kurashev and he was getting off the ice so it was really a three on or one on three and no one decided to stick to Connor Bedard like white on rice. They just let him walk in. Well, and- this is it, this this goes to what I've been saying this entire fucking time. And like I, I I know you know hockey. I know that you understand what hockey is. I know you know who Connor Bedard is. And I don't. I'm I not do? saying that you don't. Like I'm not saying you're not agreeing with me. But for everyone else in the world, especially my dad, older heads, anybody, this kid is so good because he knows what to do. When he has the puck, when he doesn't have the puck, he sees the plays. He's a playmaker, right? He's an, he's an Adam Fox. He sees things that are happening that not all other players see. That's what puts him in an elite caliber status, in my opinion, because he saw an open lane, right? He was going down. He was going down Broadway, bro. He was going all the way. He saw it, right? There yeah. was no there was no respect from the opposing team to stop him. Winnipeg did not even think like, oh, he's going to rush through three of us and score, right? He saw an opportunity. He took it. That's not something you can teach someone, no matter how much skill they have. You cannot teach someone to do the things that he does on a nightly basis. They did not. uh, They tried to abuse the fact that it was one guy. They probably were trying to take the puck from him and come down the other way because they didn't think, oh, it's a one-on-three who gives a fuck. It's not going to matter. But when you give him that much room, that's what he's going to do. And that that's on Winnipeg. Not to say Connor wasn't amazing, but he's not being respected. And he's going to continue to thrive and put down numbers and, and put up score sheet points all the time because they're not respecting what he can do. Right. 
Dude, I'm so fucking glad that you said that because I literally looked at my wife and said, they don't respect Connor Bedard. They don't respect what Bedard can do. Um, and it's exactly what I, that's exactly, exactly what I just fucking said, man. And it was one of those, like, I was like, okay, you have three defensive skaters. One can pinch against Connor Bedard. You know, he's not going to lay the body on you. He might, he'll get, he'll finish his check, but he's not going to knock you down, especially when he's skating with the puck in center ice. Like, that's like, that to me is like hockey 101. You have three skaters go get the guy with the puck. And and they just flat out just like exactly exactly what you just fucking said. They did not respect the 18-year-old. They did not respect what he is capable of doing. They did not respect a guy that has 31 points, I believe, 31 32 points in 34 games. Almost a fucking point in game. Where, mind you, and I texted you this the other day, the other day, Patrick Kane at the end of his rookie year had 21 goals. Connor Bedard, 34 games in, has 16, 15 goals, 15 goals. 15 like, now, I think, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's un, absolutely unreal to see. And if you give him enough room, he's going to toe drag snipe, and it's exactly what he did. Was he lured the left defenseman in? used him as a screen and shot him shot under his stick and between between his under his stick and left leg or right leg and it just buried it and i'm sitting there and i'm like you let him do that you let him whip his fucking balls out and drag them across your fucking face and that's exactly what Connor Bedard did. And that's exactly what he's going to continue to do if these teams don't give him that respect and, and you know and granted He's 18. He has a lot of hockey IQ to, to gain. He has a lot of situal, situational awareness to learn. But the fact that he's 18 years old, let me hammer that some more. He is 18 years old, and he has the situational awareness to say, you're not coming after me. I've just, pa I've just entered into our offensive zone. You're still four strides away from me. I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm putting this shit on net. Like, the guy has over 110 shots in 34 games. And he's not afraid to shoot it. He'll never be afraid to shoot it. Over 110 shots in his young career. If, that, if you don't see that on a, on, on a scouting report as an, uh, as an opposing coach, if you don't see that, and you're saying, like, we need to um, kind of harness Connor Bedard so he can't get shots off, you'll, you'll route the fucking Hawks every time. You know, if it's, you go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. It's it's it gets down to like Jack Hughes territory, right? And and I use him a lot because look, I'm I'm not an official hater of, of New Jersey. New Jersey is just more excited about beating us than they are about doing something substantial in this league, especially this year. Right? It's their Stanley Cup. Yeah, literally. Like, uh, what what they do and what Jack Hughes does is. It can't be stopped because you don't respect it, right? So if you're going to stack your best line or your best killers on that that liner, that's what you have to do to stop him. And if you don't, then he's going to breeze through and does what he fucking does, right? Just score goals. Connor Bedard does that on Chicago with minimal help from his team. So the the reason why we keep harping about this, the reason why we keep talking about this, is not one. This is the only thing that's good that's happening in Chicago. Pretty much is to it be is. honest. Most of the time it is, it is. It is. but. 
uh, call a spade a spade, right? You we you don't see talent come in the league like this. You You'll don't. see younger guys that are even in their twenties playing a couple years in the AHL come in and make literally no difference to the roster sheet, make no contribution on the point sheet. The box score doesn't even include them at all. And then you have a kid who's eighteen years old that's never played professional hockey before in his entire life and comes in and does what he does. Right. So the, the fact that he can do this and the fact that that they're not doing more because what they're eventually going to have to do is stack their best players against him. And then it's going to leave the other three lines that you have an opportunity to advance and, and do something substantial. So even if he's not contributing on the point sheet, he's going to be contributing by taking, you know, the, the, the best line that anybody, anybody can put together on any other team stacked against him just to combat him. And that again is also a mental game that is going to help you win. And it's all going to be because of him. I 100% agree because <clears throat> the Dallas game last night um, showed exactly that. They stacked their best against their the top line of the Hawks and left the other three lines to kind of figure it out and score. Now, here's the cool part, and this goes back to what you and I were talking about when we did the forward breakdown, right? The fourth, third and fourth line of the Hawks is all depth scoring, and that's exactly who was on the score sheet last night against Dallas, albeit it was an overtime loss, but the Hawks were down four to two, came back and tied it and lost with seven seconds left in overtime. Now I will, will fucking say this until I am blue in the face. And I was talking to my mom about this yesterday. I was talking to my wife about it. I was talking to you a little about it earlier today or before we started recording that if the Hawks played even remotely aggressive in overtime, they would have won that game. Every single time that the Hawks had the puck, they were skating back in their own zone, sitting behind Morazic, changing out lines, trying to, to force passing lanes, whatever. There was zero, zero aggressiveness that the Hawks had. Meanwhile, you have a Dallas team that's got Rupe Hintz, who was on the verge of a hat trick that completed the hat trick with the win. You have Jason, uh, Jason Robertson. You even have Jumbo Joe Pavelski. You know, you have like those that star studded top six that you don't want you you don't want to give them any sort of time. You know, if, if fuck, dude, even Matt Duchesne was was looking like he looked in fucking Nashville and it was, you know, it was it was hard to watch. And I was just sitting there and I was like, look, man, like if you're not going to take any chances in in overtime, then you better fucking play some lights out defense and just take that shit to to the shootout and hope that a really hot Peter Morazic can save you in the shootout. And <laughs> you know what's upsetting? What I was just thinking about the other day, too? <clears throat> that, like I said earlier today, the goal of this year is not to win games, not to win a lot of games, right? Because you want, you want to try to get that top three pick. You know, you want to bring Macklin Celebrini to Chicago. It's not... It's not the goal. The goal is not to win. What really sucks is that Peter Morazic has been playing lights fucking out and just absolutely amazing. And I know that Davidson is going to flip him at the deadline for the nastiest haul I've ever seen in my entire life. And I am so sad. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, too, because even, I mean, Quickie lost his last two games, albeit not from his own contrib contribution to the team. It's been bad games for him. I will highlight the fact that he got a nasty right pad save and then rebound save. What's that fucking scorpion left That's leg scorpion. save? Um, who? What other fucking geriatric fucking goalie is making those saves? Uh, name another. I can't. But 
<laughs> you know, it, said geriatric goalie. <laughs> I mean, name another. I cannot. But um, to cannot. harp on to harp on one thing that you said, and then I'll come back to the to Chicago. I don't want to make everything about the Rangers, but I don't want to make everything about the Hawks. So go ahead. Every time I get to this talking point, my dad has a lot to say about it. But you know, the overtime we see a lot now, more than ever. Um, not trying to sustain offensive zone time. It's if you don't have a pass, pass it back. Even fucking, hey, pass it back to your fucking goalie. Reset and then come back in. It is not as fun as it used to be in overtime. And honestly, it's been done before. You've seen it happen before, but not as much. I'm going to honestly attribute a lot of that to the Rangers. The Rangers haven't lost their overtime games. And since the beginning, they're the team that always likes to pass back, change, pass back, change, cycle back, change. And you will see now every team in the entire National Hockey League, when they get to overtime, does that now. If you're going into overtime, you'll try to enter if you have space. If not, you're going to pass it back, skate back out, recycle, you know, skate to the blue line, pass it back, skate to the blue line, pass it back, and then try to enter the zone as a unit. Yep. That was not a thing in overtime. That is now a thing that happens in every overtime game, so much so that people are trying to say, we have to change the rolling that it can't come back out unless like, you know, it's chipped back out like a, almost like an offsides thing. I don't agree with that. One thing that I can agree on, and this is super off topic, but I just wanted to put it in there because I, people are talking about it. And if the shit happens, I want it on record. Wow. That's I, so off topic. I want to, if they're going to change overtime ruling, like entering the zone that you can't pass back and all that shit, they're trying to eliminate it. They're, they're, they're saying that they would like to eliminate a lot of fucking beat writers and shit. Here's, here is my solution to the problem. Okay. If you have the puck in your zone and you skate to neutral ice, it is now in neutral ice and you can drive it forward back into the zone and you can also come back out of the zone to neutral ice, but you cannot carry the puck back into your defensive zone. If you were, it'd be like an offsides type of thing. It would stop play. You'd have to go to a face-off, just like if it was an offsides in the offensive zone while you're trying to enter the offensive zone because I don't think it's right to make them locked into the offensive zone when they have the puck. I don't think that that makes sense. They should be able to come back out of the zone if they want to, but not all the way back to their goalie, right? So you can come back into neutral ice and then you can enter back into the zone and you'd have to enter back into the zone onside like at any other time you'd enter the zone. But that's my solution to it in my personal opinion. They can <laughs> enter the zone. Let's say if Rangers are playing Chicago, we can enter Chicago's zone. We can play. If we're getting too much pressure, a D-man can skate back into neutral ice and we can pass him back the puck, but he cannot take that puck and go back towards you know, our, our goalie and try to just wait time out and wait for a change, wait for open ice because... I, it is kind of lame. It is it is kind of lame the way that the overtime is going right now. But to get back to it, right, with your goalie, I think that, fuck, man, this it sucks so bad because we say the same things about Chicago, but they loom every single week. It's the exact same fucking thing, right? Give Connor Bedard help. Give your goalie help. Each of those guys, give them 20% more help than you're doing. You're going to see a major change. You're going to see a major fucking change in the games. You're going to see a lot more wins. And fuck, you might even have a you know a playoff contention-ready team. Now, to be fair, on the flip side, you are my that. friend. I watch more Chicago hockey than I ever have because I love you and I want to know what's going on. <laughs> but I don't think that Chicago is there, regardless. If they did do those things, they'd be a much better team. But you have some fucking steep competition. But I know they'd be a hell of a lot better now if they just gave a little bit more help to Connor and they gave a little bit more help to whoever the fuck's in net. They would be literally a middle of the 
middle of the league team, in my personal opinion, like starting tomorrow. It would change tomorrow. So I want to touch on something else that you said. I want to bring back the um, overtime rules real quick. Uh, can we talk on that real quick? No? Yes? Maybe? No. Okay. Yeah, you can. Just kidding. Um, I I like I like your rule change, and I wanna I wanna one up, and I wanna make it better. I wanna make it more fun because the whole point of the three on three hockey was to do what make make shit more exciting, uh, higher scoring chances, more odd man rushes, all that shit, right? Yeah, give a chance I, for the game to be over, right? Because it's five on five, it's not doing anything. Like, all right, three on three, open ice, somebody win this fucking game. Let's go home. Right, exactly, right, and 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 um, I'm gonna probably. Your dad, if he hears this, will probably kick the shit out of me next time he sees me. But I believe that in the playoffs, it should not be five on five hockey. I just want to say that. I want to point that out. And I just want to say it should not be five on five hockey because, uh, albeit, I am so fucking tired of staying up till about two in the morning watching the same, watching the fucking four overtimes. Um, I love hockey. I really fucking do. I will sit and I'll watch it for as long as I want. For as long as I absolutely possibly can. But sometimes, man, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. you got these two teams that are going to five, six overtimes. And I'm like, bro, can someone just end this shit, please? Please end this shit. Like, I am so fucking tired right now. I'm seeing the inside of my eyelids. I need this shit to end. Change the overtime rules in the playoffs. And no, I will not be accepting any questions at this time. As far as regular season, huh? That No, I just I won't be accepting any fucking <laughs> any questions at this time got me it sent me uh super off topic i had gotten these um hundred dollar amex gift card gift cards from work for the holidays they always give us one and uh i i've been fucking racking my brain trying to figure out where i can spend it because some places won't take it some places will take it blah 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 right so I go on this website of because I always I love all of their shit. I buy so much of their shit. I go on Westside Barbell's website to buy like, you know, apparel or whatever, right? I had been wanting a pair of sweatpants for like the longest time. So I go and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna see if he'll take it. So I fucking I go uh find the sweatpants I want. Excuse me, I am so sorry. Did you hear that? Did that, did my mic catch that? Yeah, I did. You're oh my lord, I'm so fucking sorry. Um, so I go, I'm like, okay, here are these sweatpants, whatever. I'm gonna put the card in. It's probably not gonna take it, right? Put all the card information in. Boom, takes it. I buy a fifty dollar pair of sweatpants by fucking accident. Oops. And I was telling Isaac this, right? And I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, I accidentally bought a pair of Westside sweatpants. And he goes, how do you accidentally buy any sweatpants? I looked at him. I was like, I will not be taking questions at this time. Thank you. And I turned around and walked away. (laughs) Stupid. And uh, anyway, to go back to what you're talking about, the the overtime rules, I'll keep this short and sweet. But I agree with what you're saying. You cannot cannot bring it into the defensive zone and bring it out uh, with the same person, right? So Kevin Korchinski cannot bring it into the defensive zone and then bring it out of the defensive zone with the still on the stick, albeit 30 seconds later, right? Uh, you got to pass it to get out of the zone. If he brings it out, it does qualify as a, an offsides, right? Here's my thing. Going into the offensive zone, I don't think there should be an offsides rule. 
Your uh, your whole mission, mm-hmm. your whole reason for the three on three hockey is to create more scoring chances to be more of a crowd pleaser, right? I sure. I think there should not be an offside rule. And the only offside rule that there should be is if you bring it out of the defensive zone after you, the player, have brought it into the, the or, I'm sorry, bring it into the defensive zone and then you as the player still with the puck on your stick, bring it out of the defensive zone. You have to pass it to get out of the defensive zone, but you can clear 200 foot pass it to some dude standing in front of your goalie. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't like it. I'll tell you why the reason I don't like it. It's the reason why these offside rules are an old head. No, it's the reason why these old these offside rules are created in the first place. Because if not, it would just be motherfuckers firing it willy nilly all crazy. I get it. You'd have restrictions. You couldn't fire like from goalie to goalie, but it would just create a lot of. If you don't like the grab the puck and uh, ride back to your goalie and and cycle back, cycle back, then you're really not going to like just firing the puck, getting it, firing the puck. Getting, you're just going to, they're just going to hold their line and just fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, they're, if, you keep, if you keep missing that, it's an offside. <clears throat> or not offside, it's icing. I mean, that's true. I guess, I guess they never thought about that too. Yeah, they're still, you're still going to have icings. So, um, uh, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm I'm not I'm not the certified expert on that. All I'm going to say is that if something does have to change, I think that maybe making it so you can't double back to your to your defense to your zone and defend, and make them kind of stay in neutral ice and, and push forward, keep driving them forward. Because I mean, if you want to talk about the playoffs, it's a whole different beast, right? It's a whole different beast because you have games like fucking Rangers in Pittsburgh round one where they go into triple fucking overtime because nobody's fucking scoring and the fucking and Igor Chesterkin has to make 79 fucking saves in one night and still lose like right. that's pretty fucking crazy but you know it, we'll see what happens I, I, I think that I, I think that it's still too early right it's just happening now to see if if it's if it's something that we can't keep in the league, right? Maybe there's right. a way that defend against it. Maybe you teams are going to get more aggressive now since people like they're literally bringing the puck into the zone that they're trying to attack. So maybe teams are going to get more aggressive, and maybe that strategy gets phased out in in, in a couple games or by the end of the season. We don't know yet. It's still very early because again, oh, this has not happened. Early. This has not been happening for seven seasons straight, and we're all tired of it. It's, this is a very very new occurrence that's happening in overtime. And again. If you want to get down to that, we're talking about the overtime points. People are saying that teams that are losing in overtime shouldn't be in the contention like for it. Being able to be in the, a playoff spot, right? Having like l- technically lost games. My dad has the great. Um, it's kind of a, a joint conversation that we're having where it was like we go into overtime, right? Eliminate the shootout. Five minutes is. Um, five on five. Once you hit four minutes, when there's a whistle, you go to four on four. Once there's a once you get to three minutes and there's a whistle, you go to three on three, and then at the end of that that time of overtime, if you don't win, you get a tie, and that's the only time that somebody gets a point is if you tie. Each team gets a point, so it's either so, you're yeah, okay. Getting, I was gonna say so each team gets a point. Yeah, so either everybody, each team gets a point, or the team takes it in overtime, and that's it. You eliminate the shootout, and I I like that idea. It makes sense, but I it's fucking great. love shootouts, so yep. I can't get behind it. <laughs> I, I can't get that's why I said disagree, man. I can't get behind it. I fucking love a shootout, man. I love a good shootout. You, you Patrick Kane wouldn't have half the highlight reels he has if it wasn't for a shootout. <laughs> yeah, but his basically his theory is five on five for five in the five minutes that it starts in overtime gets to four minutes. The next whistle, it goes to four and four. 
three minutes, it goes to three on three. And then under a minute, you pull everybody and both your goalies just fist fight in the parking lot until there's a mascot winner. fight. Yep. Well, Rangers don't have a mascot. So fucking greedy would be in there talking shit and just fucking Philadelphia would win every fucking overtime game because that fucking jerk off would be running around throwing t shirts and smashing donuts in people's faces and then Rangers would lose. We don't have a mascot. Sounds like a skill issue. Definitely a skill issue. Sounds like a skill issue. All right. So to wrap that up, so in summation, you are in favor of keeping the shootouts. Um, not super pumped about the five on five, four on four, then three on three. Um, and then you're also in favor of my idea to eliminate the offside rule going into the offensive zone. Um, that's great. Awesome. Super glad that we have that. Um, no, I will not be taking any rebuttals from you at this time. Let us move on. We have two very big things to talk about that's happening on January 1st. Um, for <laughs> I saw your mic unmute and I got nervous. <laughs> no, fuck you. So January 1st starts the Professional Women's Hockey League. It kicks off. It is what we've been kind of talking about for a little bit now. We we are excited about it. We're ready to see it. We're going to see New York play Toronto in January. The first game is, you know, theoretically, the two most exciting franchises already in this new league because it's New York, and New York is always pretty hyped, and New York really loves their teams. And Toronto has fucking Sarah Nurse, who is like the the prolific veteran hockey player of this entire league again she was on nhl 23 cover she is a great fucking hockey player and again she's going to be one of those people you have to watch when she's on the ice because it's going to contribute to a lot of of scoring in general for toronto now to to preface this and to just speak candidly out loud we do not know much about women's hockey this True. is going to be a learning experience for all of us. We don't know a lot of the players. My full roster for New York came out, and I don't know any of them, right? But <laughs> that is also what is going to be fun. It is not about saying, okay, I know that Mika Zibanejad is going to be on line one, and fucking Chris Kreider is going to be with him, and you know we're going to have Igor Net. It's about learning. It's it's the same thing when you get a new franchise, right? You got to learn it. The difference is, is that these are all players that we don't know. I think that it's going to be a different paced game. If you want to get technical, I think the physicality is not going to be as high, but the speed is going to be fucking like 25% higher than the NHL. Oh, yeah. That I'll agree with wholeheartedly right there. Especially because it's going to be the first season and everyone's trying to make a name for themselves and show that this was a good idea. These these ladies are going to be going at a fucking 110%. They're going to absolutely just blow the roof off when it comes to speed. And again, different league, different strategies. A lot of things are not going to carry over from the NHL, but Hey, you never know. A lot of strategies might get cherry picked off of this and brought into every other hockey organization everywhere. You never you know. know. It's gonna be fun, honestly. Tell me the fact that so exactly what you said, right? We don't really know much about the the professional women's hockey league, right? We don't know much about Toronto except for Sarah Nurse. We don't know much about New York because it's their first game, right? So you might be watching these games as if we are brand new hockey fans. Like, still trying to find who's our team, right? Especially me, right? You know, I said that I'll rock with New York until Chicago gets a team, for sure. But, you know, maybe instead of being a Chicago fan when it happens, I'll be a Toronto fan when it happens. You know, I, I who knows? The future is still very early. But, like, we're watching this as brand new hockey fans, right? As if someone who had never seen an NHL game before is watching the Golden Knights play fucking seattle and the winter classic and they're like i've never seen this before this is amazing this is awesome oh my god i'm so enthralled i'm into it this is great you and i will be watching that 
the only difference separating us from from a brand new hockey fan is we know the rules of the game. We know the rules. We know what strategies they're trying to pull off. They, we know, like, oh, you want to blend this line up real quick with this line because, you know, their defenseman can't block Sarah Nurse's shot or whatever, right? But you and I are watching this as brand new fans, and I'm very, very excited for the next episode after this game for us to break down that the the first game. And I'm super, super pumped about it. There is a there is a kind of innocence, right? There there is there's a kind of of just that new like that Christmas morning feel. Like this is brand new. This has never been touched. It's untainted, right? A lot of the things that you don't like about the NHL, a lot of the things that you're upset about the NHL, a lot of, of things that you want to change. You have an opportunity for them to not even exist when watching this league. We do not know what's going to happen. We do right. not know how popular it's going to be. We do not know how, what high of a skill gap that these ladies have besides the things we know, the Olympics and these things that we've seen from the fact that they can play, right? Yep. But we've never seen these all of these professional great women playing together. It's going to be different it's going to be hard to combat lines because again this is going to be like a rangers situation and i know i always bring it back to the rangers i have to this is what my job is it's going to be a thing where it's like like you're a rangers fan or something line four doesn't mean the worst line line one doesn't mean your best line it's just different lines for different occasions and because no one has proved themselves as top six top seven top nine top 12 whatever the fuck you want to call it you know your three defensive pairings whatever it is you have not established that yet, and it's just saying this is how it's working in practice. This is how we're going to roll. And the best player in the league might be a third liner for New York, might be a third liner for Boston. You don't know yet, right? And that's the fun about it. We have no idea what's going to happen, but we have an opportunity to enter when the fucking price of admission is right. When you know yes, there's sir. not going to be much much to expect, and you're going to be able to go into this just for the reason why you started watching hockey in the first place, not because you're breaking down lines, not because you have expectations, not because you've been following players for years, not because you know all the stats, not because you know all the statistics, not because you know their matchups, but because it's hockey and you get to just enjoy it for being hockey. I agree. Um, I'm very fucking excited. I hope that they kind of go on like a tour in a sense. Like, you know how the, the rival series with uh, the women's hockey with the USA and Canada, they'll go on like a little tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. I kind of hope until they expand out that they do go on like a little bit of a tour. And, and oh, man, if they come to Vegas, we're going. We're going. We're going. We're Thanks. going. Like, just because, not only because like this is like professional women's hockey league, like now that they have, now that there's like an extra step other than the Olympics. But the fact of, and it's something that we harp on every fucking episode, hockey is for everyone, and if you cannot get behind that, you have the wrong fucking podcast. And I'm very, very excited to see how this plays out. I'm very excited to watch the first game on the first, and it's just going to be an absolute blast. And, and I hope that everyone who's listening, I hope that they that you see, that you watch the game, and you join us next week when we when we break everything down. And I hope that it's just that, that you have as much fun as we do. You know, some odd years from now, I hope this is a high possibility. Some odd years from now, we'll be sitting around somewhere, my house or yours, watching a hockey game, professional women's hockey league. If it blows up, we'll be sitting here watching it. And some young hot shot prospect, she's going to come in and say, you know what? I watched that season as a young girl. I saw what Sarah Nurse did. I saw what X player did. And it gave me, you know, 
the confidence, the courage, and the hope that I could do the same thing. And I decided to become a professional hockey player from that. And that's what we're seeing right now. And again, that's what you have to take it as. There's a lot of kids that grow up and you know, like Jonathan Quick, right? Rangers fan. Grew up as a Rangers fan and, and and saw what the Rangers were doing and said, I want to be a part of that. Same thing happened with Adam Fox. Longtime Rangers fan since he was a boy. You see him in a young Rangers jersey on Christmas. You know, it's it's the hope that you can be part of something. You you have that goal. If you have that passion, you can you can do it. And we're seeing the the inklings of the beginning for that for for women now because there was no avenue for women to take after college besides Olympics and stuff like that. After that, development for women's hockey is over. So now it's an opportunity for you know young girls and and women and teens that see this can say I want to do that too. And now they have the opportunity to. And if that's not cool to you, then you're a jerk off. Period. Swear on ding ding ding. That's it. Um, um let's let's move on to the matinee of the January first hockey day. Um, and that would be the winter classic against uh Vegas and Seattle. Uh, oh, God, the way I said Seattle sounded weird. Uh, Widowy Seattle. Shut Yo, Widowy Shut Vegas it. and Seattle. Shut it. Shut it. You I don't make me release a screenshot of the fucking other night when you couldn't type for shit. Anyway, Vegas, Seattle, who you got? <laughs> Honestly, I it does sounds funny, but I got Seattle in that. So um I do love a good interdivisional kind of exhibition game like this, um, like like the Winter Classic or Stadium Series or anything like that. I do love a good game like that, um, especially if, like I said, when it's interdivisional, you have two Pacific teams that are going at it. You have one team in Vegas that's been struggling. So like the last four, they are one and three. Um, and you have a team that's kind of like kind of hitting a stride a little bit. Last four for Seattle, they're four and oh. And been very decisive wins. Um, Vegas is sitting at a 22, 10, and 5 record with 49 points. And Seattle's sitting at 14, 14, and 9 at uh, 37 points. Um, you've you've kind of been seeing a little bit. Vegas has been struggling. Um, The goaltending's been a little iffy. Forwards aren't producing. Seattle, same thing. I mean, you're you're talking about a team that, that almost went to the conference finals last year who kind of got hot at the right time and just wrote it into the playoffs um to coming out this year and having a little bit more of like a rough rough start to the year um look it's a long season for a reason right uh you don't they don't (laughs) you 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 don't have to overperform to get invited to the dance all you got to do is get that invite and so um you know i got seattle winning in overtime four to three I would say if you asked me 20 games ago, obviously it would be Vegas. There's, there's, no, there's no way to – there is no physical way to deny what Vegas' start to this year looked like. You can't talk about it. You can't be a dickhead about it. Even if you hate Vegas, you hate gold, it doesn't matter. They had a great start to this year. I would say now it's anybody's game. I'm going to say that Vegas is probably going to take this one, honestly. I think it's going to be close. I, I think that – if not for overtime, it's going to be a close game. But I will end that notion on saying that with Vegas wearing the jerseys that they're going to be wearing, they already lost because those are some dookie winter classic jerseys. If you That's want, so like, beautiful. go look at anybody's winter classic jersey. I mean, Boston, for Christ's sakes, even has a better winter classic jersey than Vegas. That V, that cream colorway, it don't work. All right. Call me crazy, but I like the colorway. 
I like the the hint of gold on the cream. I really do. I don't like the V. What is that shit at the top of both of the the peaks of the V that looks like a little fucking little wiener sticking out of them? Is that because Vegas is a bunch of wieners? Like, what's happening here? And like, we I, we love wieners. We're glizzy champions over here. I'd say that wieners are a good pastime for us. But goddamn, if that jersey isn't just jarringly ugly, I, it does not look good. I'll be honest. I'll probably get one just because I am a hockey jersey connoisseur. Um, but as far as like battle of the jerseys, Seattle takes it. Seattle takes it all day and night. They are they were the only ones of that of, of the two that actually incorporated the history of hockey um, into their jersey with the lost or the, I'm sorry with the Seattle Metropolitans kind of take on their jersey. I love it. I love the the teal and white colorway. I love the S where it says Seattle wrapping in it. I I love it. I I really do. I think that they definitely win the the jersey battle. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I like the colorway. I hate the V that's, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it it absolutely makes fucking sense. But, um, when we see, uh, when we see that stadium series with the Rangers and the Islanders, I would say you'd be hard pressed to not find two fucking amazing jerseys on the ice i know the rangers are going to do something great but even the islanders bro that that stadium series this is off topic but uh, when you want to see see some good fucking jerseys that what that stadium series in in february next year those jerseys are going to be insane i already know it i even love the new alternate jersey that the rangers have now with the giant shield on the front yeah their third it's beautiful yeah i fucking love that i was very skeptical but when i saw it on the ice i was like okay that fucks it's that blue, man. That dark fucking blue. Just it's just such a good color. It's it's I, again. I I like blue, but damn, that's such a good color. Yeah, I agree. I uh, so who do you got? Again, I, I I for the Rangers Islanders. No, for for Vegas and Seattle, dummy. Oh, okay. Well, Rangers for the Islanders. Rangers over the Islanders. In We're February, not talking but, about that. Yeah, it's the Rangers, but. No, I, I think I think it's going to be Vegas. Honestly, I think Vegas is going to win. They're going to edge it out, but it should be close. You got a score prediction? I gave you my score uh, prediction. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go Four three. Th- I'm gonna go three to Vegas regulation. Okay. All right. Well, I guess only time will tell. I am looking forward to next week when we break down. Like I said, both the Professional Women's Hockey League opening night and the Winter Classic. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope that everyone also does. And I hope that everyone also has an absolutely stellar and safe New Year's Eve into the new year. And I hope that, um, you know, you you take the beginning of our episode and kind of reflect a little bit on your guys' life. And, and, you know, DM us on Instagram and see if uh, or just let us know what you're super thankful for for the year give us three things that you were very excited for or i'm sorry let me rephrase that give me give us three things dm us on instagram at the worst hockey podcast give us three things um that you were very thankful for that you were able to accomplish in 2023 and give us three things that you're excited for for 2024 i, I like that i think that that's that's great i think that reflecting on that for everyone is a big thing also, I think this is the fucking first year where you can have a New Year's resolution and stick to it. I think that the whole the whole idea is that we should probably set it low. And again, 
my New Year's resolution this year is mostly for this podcast, for my mental health, and for everything. Watch more hockey, whether it's women's hockey, AHL hockey, NHL hockey, any hockey in general. Let's just watch more hockey. Let's enjoy what we enjoy. And uh, let's get even crazier into this fandom that we're all a part of. Remember, kids, hockey is for everyone. Facts.